I would like to start our time together by reading two verses in John chapter 3. One is very familiar. It's John 3:16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I would like to point out that God so loved the world that whosoever believes in him. And then the next verse, he didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is already condemned. And as we take the next story, I want to remind you that this story proves God doesn't condemn anyone. We all feel if our deeds are evil, we can't come to him because he will condemn us. And that's just the opposite of what he wants to do. He wants to forgive us of all the past sins we've committed. And all of us have. No one is free from sin. We're all born sinners. And we need to have our sins forgiven and to be cleansed of them for the future hope that we have to be with God in heaven for all eternity. And so remember that as we start chapter 4 and read in verse 3 that Jesus left Judea and was on his way to Galilee. It said he needed to go through Samaria. Now why is that little tiny verse in there? Because you see, the Samaritans were considered half-breeds by the Jewish people. And when they left Jerusalem, they could go straight north to Galilee. But to avoid even encountering a Samaritan, they would go east across the Jordan River, turn north, go up to Galilee, turn left and go back across the Jordan River, and add miles to their journey just because they didn't want to encounter a Samaritan. Now, why did Jesus need to go to Samaria? Well, because remember, Jesus is God, and he's all-knowing, and he knew that there would be a lady there that he needed to speak with. I guess I'll say a woman, because that's what he called her. So he came to the city of Samaria called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. This well was a very important place because all the women from the little town had to walk down every day and fill their buckets with water and walk back up the hill. And that was all the water that they had for the day. It was very important that you lived near that well. Jesus was weary, and he sat down at the well. That's something else I always have liked. It proves the humanity of Jesus. He got tired, and when he got tired, he sat down. And I just think that we should learn the lesson from that, too, because we get tired, and we feel we have to just keep going. We can't ever stop. Well, that's not what he did. And if I'm to follow him, I have to take care of myself. So when I get tired, I just sit down or I'll watch a movie or do something to rest my body. It was the sixth hour 
that's the noon time, because the the clock went from sun up to sundown. Now it was in the middle of the day, and there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Now it's odd that she would come in the middle of the day. The other women came early in the morning to get their water. But we'll find out that this was not a very well-respected person in that little city. And my guess is she didn't want to encounter the other women that were coming to get their water. And Jesus looked at her and said, Give me water to drink. The disciples had gone into the city to get meat. They'd gone to take care of their stomachs. And he's sitting there. He's waiting because he knew that woman was coming. And she looked at him and she said, How is it that you being a Jew would ask of me? I'm a woman of Samaria. The Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And then Jesus said to her, Well, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you to give me to drink, you would have asked of him, and he would have given you living water. Now that's quite a statement. Because remember, that woman had to come down every day at noon and draw water for her family. And the very idea that this Jew would speak to her and offer living water. You never run out of living water. Now we know he wasn't talking about the water in the well. Because he is living water. And when he comes into our heart, he satisfies that, that thirst that we have that we don't even know what we thirst for. Now, how did she know he was Jewish? I have no idea, but I think he looked Jewish. I think Jewish people look Jewish. And so when he, she looked at him, she knew, and then she made a statement that I would have made if I had been that woman and I had been talking to Jesus, she said to him, you, you don't have anything to draw the water well. With this well, is deep. How do you think you're going to get living water out of this well? And then she said, are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well. He drank here himself. And his children drank and his cattle drank. Isn't that interesting? She asked the same questions that you and I would ask if we were in that situation. Who do you think you are? And how are you going to get water out of here? You don't even have a bucket to draw from. And then Jesus answered. He said, if you drink this water, you'll thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I will give, you'll never thirst. The water that I shall give will be a well of water springing up into ever, unto everlasting life. Now we know what he's talking about. He's talking about if we accept his gift of salvation. And then the woman looked at him, and I love this. She said, well, give me the water that I thirst not, and I don't have to come here and draw. And I think it's interesting that we have to ask Jesus to give us what he has promised to give us. Just because he's promised to give us things doesn't mean we have it. We have to ask for it. He says, seek and you'll find. Ask and it shall be given unto you. But we have to know the things he's promised. 
And so she asked him to give the water, and then he made a very startling statement. He said, go get your husband and have him come here. And the woman answered. She said, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, you have well spoken that you have no husband. You've had five husbands, and the one that you now live with is not your husband. You spoke truly. Now here we find out there's no condemnation from Jesus or God on us when we sin. He didn't say to this woman, you trash, you terrible person. You've had five husbands and you're living with somebody you're not even married to. He just let her know that he knew all about her. And then she said, you must be a prophet. How do you know all that about me? Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and you say in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship? And then Jesus said, Woman, the hour is going to come when you shall neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship. You worship what you don't even know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And I, I don't want to make too much out of this, but I think Jesus was saying, when you receive the Spirit of God into your life, it doesn't matter where you are, you can worship me because you have my life in you. And then the woman revealed that she had really been studying the scriptures. She said, I know that Messiah is coming and he's called the Christ. And when he has come, he's going to tell us all things. Now remember, she was the Samaritan. The Jews didn't even speak to her. And this was before the New Testament. And you see, Jesus knew that this woman's heart was prepared. And that's why he needed to go through Samaria. And I think it's just wonderful to know that he knows our hearts and he knows our needs. And he's keeping his eye on us. And then Jesus said to her, I that speak unto thee am he. Oh, my goodness. He said, I am the Messiah. I am the Christ. And here the disciples show up. Now, remember, they've gone in to get lunch. They come back. They're not excited that he's talking to this woman or mad at him. They say, what? Who in the world? Who are you talking to? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city. This is one of the funniest things I've ever read in the Bible. She forgot what she was doing. She got so excited over meeting the Messiah, the Christ. She left the water pot. She had gone to get water for her family. But then the funny part is she went running back, and it says, to the men... Now, why would she go running back to see the men? I don't think she had any women friends. But, you know, 
once she met the Messiah, she was going to go back and tell the people she knew. And that's what we should be doing. And you look what she said. She said, come and see a man that told me, told me all the things that I have ever done. Is not this the Christ? Now think about it. If she had been living with a whole bunch of men, and she met a man at the well that knew all she'd been doing, then they had to know all that those men had been doing. And then they went out of the city, and they rushed down to Jesus. And in the meantime, the good old disciples back at the well were saying, Jesus, you better eat. And he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore said the disciples, did somebody bring him some food? And Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say not you there are yet four months and then comes the harvest. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields. They are white with harvest. Now he was looking at all the men in their white garments to stay cool, running down the mountain. He said, he that reaps receive wages and gathers fruit unto life eternal, that both he that sows and he that reap may rejoice together. One man sows, and another man reaps. I sent you to reap that whereof you bestowed no labor. Other men labeled, and you enter into their labels. Now many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him for the saying of the woman, which said, He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would stay with them, and he went to the city, and he stayed two days. And many more believed because of his word. And they said to this woman, Now we believe not because of what you said, but we have heard him ourselves, and we know this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. And I think that's what happens to people when we share with them our faith. And we cause them to have a hunger for the Word of God. And they'll believe what we say. And then God will reveal himself to them through his Word. And they too will say, now I believe. Not only because of what you said to me, but for what I have read myself. I pray you will be encouraged that God never condemns anyone. And he wishes that all would come to repentance and have his life. And we have a privilege, no matter what our past is, to tell those we care about what he's done for us, that they too might have eternal life and live forever in heaven with all of us. Thank you for listening. Share this, and God bless you.